When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Here today, talk camp notes from August 6th, and uh, another good day of practice today. Kyle Barber here to join me again, talk about those uh, uh, camp events uh, highlighted today by who's there and who's not, wasn't it, Kyle? Most certainly was. Uh, joining the Ravens today was Gus Edwards and Justin Houston's first practice. He was in and out throughout the uh, afternoon or morning, I should say. Uh, participated in some individual drills, but he wasn't really out there for any of the team stuff because they're trying to get him worked in, according to John Harbaugh. Yeah, lots of uh, uh, no 7-on-7, seven seven, no 11-on-11. 11 11. He did definitely did some individual drill work, and uh, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. The, the big uh, problem was Jimmy Smith uh, going down uh, very near the end of practice, maybe about 15, 20 minutes to go uh, in 7-on-7 seven seven drills. He appeared to go down on his left side, and Kyle, we were on the opposite side of the field standing together at that point. Uh, we saw him taken off with his right leg extended he went down on his left leg appeared to kind of grab at that what i thought was his right leg the right leg was extended on the cart on the way out 
Fortunately, good news has been released that uh, Jimmy Smith suffered a low ankle sprain and uh, he's going to miss a little bit of practice time. It doesn't even sound like he will be absent through week one or past week one. Instead, he'll just be missing a little bit of camp. Um, And this is something that's been a reoccurring issue for Jimmy Smith. But this is probably the best news we could have heard, especially with how he went down. You and I, I mean, there was people in the crowd uh, shouting expletives watching uh, as he went down in, in nervousness yeah i mean including me honestly i'm, I'm someone who definitely reacts very strongly to injuries uh, it, it just you know it's so sad to see that happen to a player you know how how horrible that is and certainly we don't like it as fans either uh with gus edwards return from the covid uh protocols uh, he apparently was a little further ahead than lamar jackson john harbaugh did comment that uh jackson was in the building today undergoing some testing so we don't know how long it'll be whether it might be tomorrow whether it might be a couple days yet but hopefully jackson is not far behind correct they did just activate him to the active roster earlier today right after about uh um, training came about an hour or so ago. They okay, announced fantastic. that they had activated him. So hopefully we see him out there tomorrow morning. One of the all-time great naps I just took because I, during my <laughs> during nap time, the low ankle sprain news came out. I happened to see that on Twitter, but then the, also the activation of Lamar. That's fantastic news. And so uh, that was a good nap. <laughs> glad, glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. <laughs> okay, well, uh, let's talk about the other guys who missed practice. Uh, Hollywood Brown still out since day one. Um, uh, Deshaun Elliott missing from practice today. Didn't hear what the what the problem was, but Brandon Stevens got reps with a one. I don't think he's at that stage in his career yet where he'd qualify for a vet day off. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, not really sure what's going on there, to be quite honest. Um We'll just uh, have to wait and see what's going to happen tomorrow and uh, the days following. Yeah, we, uh, we continue with a little more safety, lack of depth with Warrior out today. He'd uh, he'd really played mostly corner so far this camp for the Ravens, but still an out, a guy who can play safety. Um, uh, let's see, James was out. Zeitler was out. That's Jawan James. He's been out since the beginning of camp. I know a lot of people know that, but uh, uh, Kevin Zeitler missed another day. I think they're going to be careful with him. Ronnie Stanley, we knew from long-term, Boykin, Boyle, and Breland. I'm not sure if I've missed anybody else. I don't believe so. That's just about everybody. And I actually just had a total uh, remembrance, I guess. I don't. I think that's probably the wrong word. But uh, Deshaun Elliott's dealing with a sickness that is not COVID-related. That oh. is what's going on with uh, Deshaun Elliott. It was announced. I totally forgot, and then all of a sudden got hit in the face with my brain remembering the exact tweet, seeing it in my uh, in my mind. So it's Deshaun Elliott's just out with a sickness that is not COVID-related. That's good news indeed. Barrington Wade, one other name. I saw the Wade name. I knew I'd seen Sean Wade. I get that's not right, but it's Barrington ah, Wade also in this practice. Correct. Uh, Justin Houston, uh, I thought one of the interesting things I saw, and we, we mentioned the drills he kind of participated in, but but Drew Wilkins was spending some time with him alone and with Pernell McPhee. It was almost like McPhee was kind of a became a uh, assistant coach for today. Uh, you're talking about how the Ravens do things and, and how they line up. A uh, significant amount of time lining up around some circles on the ground, which obviously, if they weren't offensive linemen, they're exactly framed up in the way that offensive linemen were to try and talk tech and whatnot. And he had one really good rep on the sled, and it was one of these lockout extension and rip move reps, a very typical rep everybody does at camp. And uh, after that, Drew Wilkins said, great, right there, like you've been here the whole time. So good news, at least on that front. 
Yeah, he looked great on the sled. Uh, I got a little bit of video up on social media somewhere. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was it was fun to watch him, see him out there, and get a little bit of uh, practice reps in. And, of course, Pernell McPhee's out there. He's the veteran among the group. And he's the kind of since Suggs left and then Pernell McPhee rejoined, he's now the, the last of the old guard, as Suggs called himself at one point. McPhee is, is one of the last from that uh, last championship team. So he's always regarded well and, and highly on this squad. Yeah, I guess they have Jimmy Smith still from that group, which is fortunate. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, McPhee is definitely a team leader. And uh, I I think he must like that based on how he acts at practice. I like that. I think Levine likes it in that similar way. And uh, and that's been something positive for those players. But it's great to to be able to keep veteran players that you really like, like the two of them and, and Jimmy Smith. Uh, around on what I would consider to be hometown discounts. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, moving to, um, uh, you were mentioning Gus Edwards earlier and how he returned. I don't know if you caught it, but on one of the short throws that he caught from one of the two quarterbacks, I didn't get a good look at it. He lowered the shoulder and knocked one of the defenders down and uh, got some ooze from the sideline, including some media members. And, and all, of a sudden, all of us are looking around and the Gus is back. The Gus bus is back. And uh, he's already playing just as physical as we've ever watched him, even in training camp even without full contact he's a hundred percent full tilt all the time great to see that physicality that first time i thought he had a little trouble catching the football today it looked like he was double catching some balls not as clean as maybe he he'd been in the past we don't know gus edwards is a great receiver but he'd really come on at the end of 2020 and that's something we'd like to for him to have in his game uh this year but generally another very tough day for the offense i thought lots of off target balls from the quarterback a lot of that was due to pressure uh, they certainly threw from a lot of pressure. I think this is a case where they're switching around the offensive line so much. We can talk about who was with the ones and the twos, but they switched around the offensive line so much. These guys just don't have any continuity at all in terms of figuring out how to block. Uh, you know who they're going to do, or or you know looking out for the the keys to read off the lineman next to you in order to help him on a block and. Uh, you know, it was another good day for the secondary as well. Lots of passes defensed, some good just tight one-on-one coverage, and, and some of the good receivers, obviously, route didn't help either, but a, but another very big day for the defense. Yeah, you mentioned uh, pass breakups from the defense. A guy that I noticed uh, that dominated in that field is Chris Westry. Mm-hmm. Two PBUs that I counted on back-to-back plays, one against Sammy Watkins, and then the very next play, uh, Dion Kane went up against him, and he broke that one up as well i really like what i've seen from chris westry and fortunately jimmy smith won't be out long but that was a guy that i was kind of interested in uh taking over for a jimmy smith type role just due to his size and speed you know he just fits uh jimmy smith's mold and if jimmy were to have been out for an extended period of time uh i saw westry as his immediate replacement that is on the roster right now it would have made all kinds of sense, and, and hopefully they don't have to make that kind of a choice. But uh, mm. I also hope that they can find a spot for Westry because he looks freaking great. Mm. Uh, later in practice, he had really good step-by-step coverage of Benjamin Victor down the left sideline, and that was one where, where uh, the, the ball was overthrown anyway, but he's doing that Jimmy Smith thing of using the sideline effectively as an extra defender and forcing that receiver towards the sideline with a very big body. Great length. You... you uh, he is all arms and legs, and he's, he's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, they brought him in the end of last year. It really seemed like 
they might be trying to get the dime defense going again by getting him on the field, but he looks like a pure cornerback to me this uh, this camp. No doubt about it. Um, 2019, the Ravens used a lot of dime. Um, I actually recently wrote about this. And then 22. in 20, and then 2020, they dropped completely off of that. Do you got the numbers right in front 15. of you there? 15.3%. There we go, Ken. My guy. My guy. This is your show. Of course you know how to run this thing. But, yeah, so they dropped off in dime. And, uh, yes, they most certainly look like they're trying to get that revamped with uh, a litany of different defensive back talent back there trying to uh, switch things around and scheme things things to uh, improve the dime defense that was not on the field frequently. Yeah, they have the choices to make. And this is an interesting thing because they've got a lot of inside linebacker candidates. So the funny thing is you don't really see it happen in practice. And we don't want to go into exactly who's playing where, what blitz schemes are all. That's not what we're allowed to talk about. Mm-hmm. But we do. But I just will say, even in the preseason, we may not see the dime defense, that good three safety look we're used to, three safety, three corner. We certainly, I don't think, won't see the four corner, two safety look because I think that's something they'll bring out for Kansas City and Pittsburgh. But week one, it's going to be different than it is in those preseason games. And they'll come up. Week will have surprises. He's done it every single year. In 2018, he had four outside linebacker packages we've never seen before. You know, in 2000, he's done something every year that's different than than what we'd expect from the from the preseason. But I'm really looking forward to that. And I agree with you, Kyle. I want to see the dime back. And and basically, it means getting an extra linebacker off the field on third down, where I think they were really hurt in coverage last year. Completely agree there. All right, let's let's jump to the offensive line. I just want to talk through who are the ones today. So, uh, Phillip started off with Cleveland, Bozeman, McCary, and Villanueva. So, uh, Bozeman still obviously starting at center, and Villanueva at right tackle. And nobody doubts that that's where they be at the start of the year. It's good to see Ben Cleveland get a turn with the ones here because he'd been he'd been really stuck with the lower unit. You want to see what he can do with some some of the uh, better opposing defenders and uh, so I think it's also a good chance to get Phillips a chance at left tackle even though I don't I don't think he'll be anything but a swing tackle come the season or a guard of course he could be a starting guard but Mm. but uh, uh, what are your thoughts on that? I think uh, yes, you're, I completely agree with the the idea that he's a swing tackle. Uh, getting him any and all reps available though is important, and you th- I don't see any way he doesn't make the roster. Of course, because yeah. they've already invested capital, draft capital into him, and they like what they see out of him, and they want to be able to utilize him wherever they can see fit. You know, the only spots that truly look secured at this point is center and right tackle with Kevin Zeitler out. If Zeitler were to return, of course, he's got the right guard position pretty much as the incumbent but uh left guard and uh with ronnie stanley still out left tackle are kind of up for grabs at least for uh the backup role and any snaps given to uh uh, tyree phillips is is good for him to get reps in and see what they have available if stanley is not going to be available for week one which we figured he would be but it's been a long process for him getting back and healthy well, yeah, you're always concerned. The longer he's he maintains his pup status, the more you're concerned about will he make it back or not. And you know what? Once these things, you just they have an indeterminate length. And Stanley's got what five weeks roughly now until the season starts. A little bit of more than that. Right around so, there, yeah. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, Boy, it's looking more dubious every every day. That's for sure. But I don't think the plan was ever for him to play in any preseason games. So at least, you know, the, hopefully that's not an issue. If if the season were to start today, are you? I, I'd be of the opinion. Let me put it this way: that Villanueva would probably move back to the left side, and Phillips would be the guy in at right tackle to start the season. I know they're trying to get Villanueva accustomed to the right tackle position, and that's part of my optimism with Stanley 
is that if they're doing that, obviously, with Villanueva to try and get him to learn right tackle, they must really believe that Stanley's going to be back in time for the season. That's where my mind goes as well, uh, because you would have utilized him in the left tackle role if you received any medical information or got any feedback from from team doctors or anything saying, hey, Ronnie might be out for a few more weeks than we expected or just even a week. You know, if Mm -hmm. the regular season were to happen and Stanley was still absent, they would want their best available player playing left tackle, especially against the Raiders' defense, which has some you know, strong pass rushers on there, uh, namely Yannick Ngakwe, former Raven last year. So they're going to try and get somebody wheeled out there at left tackle if Stanley wouldn't be, and that'd be Villanueva. But like you and I have been stating, uh, they want him at right tackle, and that bodes well uh, without being stated uh out loud that uh, they're confident in Stanley's return before week one. All right, great. Other things. Uh, I liked what I saw out of Mark Andrews today. He hasn't been doing a whole lot of exciting things. Like I think uh, part of the reason is Lamar Jackson and he have a chemistry that uh, can't be replicated by Tyler Huntley or mm-hmm. Trace McSorley. He likes to find him in play in, in active plays and Jackson pursues him because he knows where to throw to Andrews on any yes. given down on any you know any range of where Andrews has a catch radius he knows where to find him on it and I think that Huntley nor McSorley have had ample time to throw and, and either that and they're also looking out wide towards their uh, their receivers a little bit more frequently than maybe even Lamar Jackson does but uh, Andrews had some good catches today I like what I saw um, he roasted uh chris board on one of the plays and and hit him mm-hmm. with an outside inside step and uh that went for a, a a big gain over the middle that i was impressed by but he had a few great catches and i, I like what i saw out of him even though he hasn't been as loud uh on the field as we've seen from him in previous years yeah it's uh uh been really good i thought that uh, somebody mentioned that andrews had some drops today and i i honestly was focused a lot more on line play than i was the receivers but it's hard to miss andrews when he makes a tall ball catch moving between level two and three and that's where he, ma- he he's just made his living over these last two you know three years of lamar jackson doing exactly that and he had two of those today that looked really good so i you know that's what the ravens play action game feasts off of it's what they used to get you know get so much open with the pistol and the mesh point was getting getting those linebackers take those extra read steps or to bite even and give andrews all that space in the middle of the field to take advantage of and uh yeah i, I to see it happen a couple of times today, even with the backup quarterbacks, was good. Um, it looks to me like Huntley, in particular, maybe McSorley to to a, to a degree also, but Huntley has a very strong arm relative to, to I think either of the other two quarterbacks, and it, we're more likely to try things to the outside with him, or more likely to be able to to be set up to do it. Not saying it's necessarily as accurate as Lamar or anything like that, but it's very strong arm, and uh, a good good chance to get those wide receiver screen games uh, going on the outside. No doubt about it. Uh, I like the the strength of those two guys. But yes, Huntley in particular, for sure. I, I looked at the inside linebacker drills a little bit. Uh, they, they did some things with a rolling donut in terms of tackling. And I will say this. First of all, Rob Ryan continues to be very specific and technical as he's, as he's leading these drills. But the other thing you really see is that these guys just love to 
crack a donut. It's it's just a, they they were they were going nuts on the thing, and I mean they are not taking it easy. And I guess Ryan really doesn't want them to, uh, but they are completely going through the donut with these tackles. And uh, uh, I don't know how anybody could really have a problem. There might have been from some form issues that they wouldn't have liked, but there, there wasn't any kind of effort or or am I really you know going all out on these? Is it, is it a nine or a ten? Is they were really they were really hitting hard. The physicality. This defense is ready to hit people. This this is a physical defense. It's the every cliche we know about every Baltimore Ravens defense. They're physical. They're fast. And all they want to do is hit things. And they haven't been allowed to do so against their uh, their opposition thus far. So this first training camp game, excuse me, this first preseason game is going to be, I think, a lot more physical than some oh, realize yeah. or some expect. Like these guys are going to come out firing. It's going to be rough for uh, any opposition. Position. Yeah, I think I think we'll see what well, you always see from the Ravens in the preseason, which is unbelievably dominant second half defense. If you ever if you ever wonder why the Ravens won all these preseason games the last few years, it's because they have more defensive depth than anybody. They go into the second half. Defense is generally ruled because offenses are a little bit unwound, but they're really unwound with the third third string quarterback in there. And the Ravens' defensive depth has just taken over games. You know preseason after preseason and i think we'll see some more of that we'll see at least one or two darlings of the defense show up during those preseason games the way we see these darling receivers come up when it's all seven on seven you know limited contact drills during the during the practices absolutely all right, I got one more player I want to talk about. Maybe a few more highlights after that, maybe. But Marlon Humphrey, I thought, had a really big day today. Uh, a pass defense on, on Deion Kane quickly on the very next play came up to make the tackle. I like to see that. I like to see that good closing speed, getting there when the ball gets there. Uh, and then he picked up another pass defense late in practice over the middle of the field. Didn't catch the receiver on that play. But Marlon was around the football. It's good to see that. He's, he, some of the gloves are being taken off or the restraints are being taken off Marlon in terms of what kind of physicality he can use once the ball arrives and that's of course what he thrives on yeah uh that was actually another player that i wanted to mention as well i'm happy that you picked up on that there was three there were three straight plays where Dion kane was targeted against marlon humphrey back to back to back by trace mcsorley he was staring him down honestly uh, i watched mm-hmm. that sequence of events turn and yes the first one was an instant pbu the second one was a short catch made by Dion kane and marlon was instantly there and the third one uh kane got jammed up so hard and so quickly uh, and I'm a Dion Kane kind of guy, and mm-hmm. uh, and he couldn't even finish his route before the ball was overthrown by about five ten yards on that. So uh, Marlon was incredibly physical and fast. Uh, and just like you said, he thrives on this physicality because he plays like a linebacker with the coverage ability of a cornerback. And so when he is missing more than half of his game, uh, yes, he's incredible in coverage and he's and he's good in man coverage and press. But more than half of his game is about how dominantly physical he is. And he's playing with handcuffs, you know, with his hands tied behind his back and he's still trying to uh, do everything. So a lot of people I've seen on social media are like, oh, wow, Marlon Humphrey isn't isn't playing as well as. Uh, as we know him to be it's because he isn't allowed to play it up yeah. to his own standards is is where i'm coming from on yeah that. we probably won't even see that in the preseason because his total number of snaps will be limited i mean he won't even play a half of football in the preseason so yeah that'll be limited uh anthony levine 
a big uh, interception over the middle in practice, a good undercut route. And you know what? That is, even though Levine has been playing pretty much in the back end just because they don't have anybody else right now, yeah. and they're not really using a dime because they have because they have lots of inside linebackers they want to look at as well, but that's the kind of undercut of understanding the routes behind you that you see from Anthony Levine. Very, very able to undercut a route. It, it, Skills are extremely portable to that dime back position when he's in a short middle zone and has that ability to move laterally and figure out the passing lane either by by sight or just by knowledge from the line of scrimmage of where those receivers can possibly go. He gets to the right spot. So uh, injured a little bit last year, of course, in, in 2018. He had a great year. Uh, Want to see what he can do for this team uh, other than just play special teams. Uh, he's a, a He was once a great dime back, and it'd be really great if he could be that again. I think so as well. Uh, one guy that I had written down as well was J.K. Dobbins. Now, most of the running backs don't get to demonstrate their skills, like I, like we've said previously, uh, because of the absence of physicality in training camp. But I watched him shake two defenders on stutter steps when he was coming out of the shotgun runs, where uh, he he and the quarterback the quarter it's a quarterback option one way, and uh, Dobbins gets the carry the other way. He was handed the ball both times, and both times he. Uh, hit the stutter step right around the line of scrimmage, uh, crumpled one defender the first time, and then against Tyus Bowser, Bowser kind of got shaken up, and and Bowser's known for speed and agility and uh, his coverage ability. And to watch Bowser get put off of off of balance is not an easy feat by any stretch. And to watch J.K. Dobbins with the acceleration, the deceleration, and shifting into uh, back into low gear to get the speed back up. Up and the the velocity and change of direction was quite impressive and uh i think you know he's been talked about a lot this week jk dobbins stock is skyrocketing yeah. and people have him you know at this point between 1400 1500 yards and somebody on cbs boards <laughs> even wrote that he is one of five running backs that could break the eric dickerson single season rushing <laughs> record so the excitement is absolutely there, and uh, and I kind of echoed those just because you know the <laughs> this is the best rushing team in in NFL history yes. over the last two years. They broke the NFL team rushing record, so like if this would be the place to do it, but like that's a little lofty for a guy that uh, didn't play a full season of of getting the ball and like is being talked about as not even being a bell cow, but he's splitting reps with Gus Edwards, so. Lofty expectations there, but he had a good practice. Let's just remember it, it was a good practice. It was a nice one from him. Yeah, I think his carries will increase, but he's he should not be. He really should not be Derrick Henry, where the offense or, or Jamal Lewis in two thousand three, where the offense just totally focalizes through him, <laughs> and you you know you have to you have to do this. It's it's it should be a mixed bag, and it should be an, an offense where you don't know who has the football. And those kind of places, in fact, the 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 team that previously held the record for yards rushing in a season before the Ravens got it was the 78 Patriots and the 78 Patriots leading rusher had 800 and some yards it was Bam Cunningham oh wow so yeah so it's <laughs> it was, you know they did it with a with a mixed bag of of carriers i think that's what we would expect if they have a big year again if you would have Ken asked me, "Hey Kyle, who was the leading rusher on that Patriots team?" I I genuinely would have had no answer. You could have given me fifty attempts. I never been like, "Oh, it was Bam Cunningham, yeah. obviously." Yeah. So, so, <laughs> Go uh, ahead. <laughs> anyway, a few, a few other highlights for today. Ferguson put the uh, left tackle Schofield on his rear end with a bull rush. We had Averett 
had a pass defense in coverage 15 yards deep right good, good to see those get balanced out that it's not just one receiver one one uh defender that's getting it's a nice mix i saw uh, adafi Owe beat uh, phillips outside for a pressure and tavon young had a pd on that same play so the ball was thrown anyway tavon knocked it down uh good to see those again the secondary is is feasting and everybody's getting a little taste Yep, I completely agree. Um, I had Khalil Dorsey came in off of a blitz and uh, flew straight in through mm-hmm. and and was practically parked next to the quarterback with his hands at his sides because he knew he couldn't. <laughs> Why aren't you blowing he could, Yeah, he couldn't absolutely level uh, Tyler Huntley for obvious reasons. Uh, that was a highlight I saw. Averett, I also saw the uh, pass breakup. I got it right here on the note chart. And uh, something else that I saw um, was uh, Geno Stone. Geno Stone on a blitz. Flew in yeah. on, a, on a blitz. And uh, there was a carry by Justice Hill off the left side. It was another one of those quarterback option opportunities. Ball was handed to Justice Hill, and Geno Stone closed in and had his arms around uh, Justice Hill by the time he got the handoff. So he has been performing rather well, and that's another one of those D-backs that uh, has an opportunity to make uh, make the roster and be really involved uh, with uh, Don Martindale's scheme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you can if you can back up the two primary guys and Brandon Brandon Stevens is going to be the first, but there's always the risk of injuries. There's always the risk you have to move somebody to corner. If you can back up the the the, the three primary guys and be a guy who can fit in the dime scheme somewhere has tremendous value. And the Ravens need at least one guy. They need to go four deep at guys they're comfortable having at safety on the field on these high leverage downs. So uh, hopefully we'll see that happen. Yep, that's what I've seen out of this. And, uh, yeah, they just they want to have depth. And we've heard the age-old phrase from Ozzie Newsome, you can never have enough cornerbacks. And they, they've they been operating uh, at, at peak capacity trying to get these guys on the field at this point. They want to see everything from them and see the versatility. And it's clearly there from this unit. All right. K- Kyle, thanks again for joining us. This is a, It's always fun to talk camp with you. Really appreciate it. Uh, tell folks where they can find your work. All right. You can find find my work at Kyle P. Barber on Twitter. I'm the managing editor of Baltimore Beatdown, so definitely go and read some stuff from BaltimoreBeatdown.com. And also on Mondays and Wednesdays, I write for BaltimoreRavens.com. I produce the Late for Work article series for BaltimoreRavens.com. Thank you so much for having me on, Ken. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.